0: today to learn Daf samichai in mesaches. I must begin by thanking all of our all of our sponsors. So first all, I want to once again thank Maishi and Jeremy for enabling and allowing me to be able to give daf even when I'm not there with you physically. I'm just gone for the day in the look forward to being back in person later on this afternoon. I will I'm back with you tomorrow morning. But it's a great to be able to continue our Leanwood together. So we so we'll begin by thanking our sponsor, our Talmud Torah sponsors, for the month of Er. to thank Jonah and Shoshi Aaronfeld for dedicating all the Shurim and Drashos this month in memory of their grandfather, Yosef Ben Shmuel Aaron, and Benjamin, Wald and Netanyah, Eretz Yisrael, for dedicating all the Shurim and Drashos this month in memory of Moshe Chaim Ben Svi Hirsch. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Nishamas will have an Aliyah and the families in the Hamal. Sorry. Okay. And we'll say with that, let us begin. So like I said, today's Daphne hey We are picking up on Samhdal on the day 64B. And we left off. We left off um Raba, da Amrit. So it is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 21, 21 lines up in the bottom. So we'll say so remember again. We left off in the middle of a fascinating machlokas, and the machlokas was: Do we say when do we establish chazaka? Is chazaka established after two occurrences or after three occurrences? And that was the fundamental shayla. So remember again: So we had a machlokas, Rebbe and Reb Shimon Gamliel, and there was a machlokes then. Who said what? In the original iteration, we had Rebbe saying that Chazokah is established after two, and Rebbe Shem saying Chazokah is established after three. Now, remember again, where did this come up? Why are we in this topic? Because the Mishnah said that if a woman was married to a man for 10 years and she didn't have children, see, so he's obligated to divorce her or marry another woman and in order to have a family, but she's permitted to marry someone else. So the Yimara made a diuk, she's permitted to marry someone else if this happens a second time. In other words, I should say, If it happens with the first husband she's permitted to marry the second but the inference was but the inference was that if this would happen with two husbands she would not be permitted to marry a third which seems to indicate to us that chazoka is established after two occurrences so the Gemara says whose opinion is this? The Umar suggested it's Rebbe, because what did Rebbe say? If a couple had a son, and they gave the first son a bris milah, and he died, mila, died because of the milah, and then a second son, he died because of the milah, so Rebbe says, ultimately, the third son, they should not give a bris milah to. said, the third son they should, the fourth son they shouldn't. So that was the, so the Gemara was suggesting that our Mishnah reflects the view of Rebbe, that Chazokah is established after two times. But then the Gemara said, okay, we have different attributions. Rebbe we'll say now, let's go back to Amar Rabbah. So the achayos said, now that we established that Chazokah could be established through sisters, which remember again, was an interesting idea. This was the case of sisters, all who had sons, who died milah, Who died as a result of Bris milah. So we established that there's a Chazaka in the family that the boys in the family die because of Bris milah. So Chazaka is established through sisters. Um, so the Gemara says, Yisa Adam Isha A person shouldn't marry a woman from a family of Nichbin is literally epileptics, people of epilepsy. Or people have tzaraas, right? Because again, now essentially what we're what we're saying is that you could establish a chazaka through a family. So therefore, if there's a family that has a chazaka of a certain disease, one should try to avoid marrying such a family. But who is But again, that's assuming that chazaka is established three times. So we'll say, see, so here you see chazaka is established three times. My haviyala. So we'll say. So bottom line. So what 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 happened? In other words, so what's the resolution? In other words. Here's what we know. We know there's a Machlokas about when Chazaka is established, two times versus three times. We know that this Machlokas Rabbi Rishon Gamil. What we don't know is who says what. It's who says what. That, that's, that's what we're missing here. So Kios Rabbi Yitzchak Rabbi Yosef Amar Uvda HaVa Rabbi Yochanan B'Kneesh Om Listen to this. So the Gemara says, so Rabbi Yitzchak Rabbi Yosef came along. He said there was an episode that happened with Rabbi Yochanan in a shul, in Ma'on, in Eretz Yisrael, in Ma'on, on Yom Kippur, okay? Shechal Yosem So this was Yom Kippur that fell out on Shabbos. So the truth is, the geography of the episode is not as important. The fact that it was in Eretz Yisrael in Ma'on, what's important for us is the recognition that it is Shabbos Yom Kippur. That was the important part to remember. Shabbos Yom Kippur, and what happened? So, umala rishonah umes, shniyah umes, so, so here was the situation. The situation was of a mishpacha who was going ahead and giving bismillah to their sons on, on Yom Kippur that fell out on Shabbos. The first child died machmas milah. The second child died, Machmas Milo. Now the parents come to go ahead and give a bris to the third son. So what happens, Rabbi Yochanan said, "Lichi Umoli. Rabbi Yochanan said, go, you can go ahead and give a bris Milo to the third son. I was said, now what's happening over here is, so, Rabbi Yochanan, so remember you have two boys who died Machmas Milo. They now want to be Mal the third son on Shabbos Yom Kippur now remember again if you have a bris mila that falls out on the eighth day that's Shabbos Yom Kippur of course you're permitted to do it on Shabbos Yom Kippur. Here the issue is two sons had just passed away they want to do a bris mila on the third son. Rabbi Yochanan says do the bris. Abaye Abaye says I just want to tell you you made two mistakes you number one permitted an esser Permitted an isser. In Isser, otherwise because you allowed an illegal bris milah on Shabbos Yom Kippur. The reason Abayi was saying that it's illegal was because, again, this child should not have had a milah after having two brothers who died, machmas milah. And number three, sakana. You allowed something that was sakana, that ultimately, again, was dangerous because halacha l'maysa, Two previous siblings had passed away because of Mila. Abaye, the Azal So I will say now, Abaye himself, Abaye himself relied on this, right? And Abaye also went ahead and assumed that Chazaka is only established after three times. So what did Abaye do? Abaye went and he married a woman by the name of Choma. That was her name, Choma, and Choma was the daughter of Isi. This, the door of Yisir, very good. So what happened? Now, what was what's Choma's story? The Nas Barachba of Pumbedisa, Choma was originally married to a man by the name of Rachba of Pumpadisa. He died. He died. Ultimately, and then she Rabbi Yitzchak Breider, Rabbi Baruch Hanavashachiv. Ultimately, and then she married Rabbi Yitzchak Breider, Rabbi and he died. Now we'll see. We're going to see the notion of a woman. Who marries multiple husbands and all of her husbands die. Now again we're going to see die not because of natural causes or die not because not because of old age or die not because of freak accidents but again die and we're concerned that maybe there's something with her. So what happens Abayi Abayi married this woman Choma she was previously married twice and both of her husbands passed away. Vinaspa, Abayi married her and he died and he died which I was saying, seems to lend credence to the approach that says that Chazokah is established after two occurrences. Amr Rava, Rava says, so we'll say, so the So says, so Rabba says, is there anyone like Abai who went ahead, goes ahead and not only espouses a position, but ultimately goes ahead and actually relies on it, to which the Gemara says, "Iuda Amar Avin de Samcho Yitzchak Sumka Lav Bar Samcho." Yet Rabbeinu said we learned that Abay himself said, "Avin is an opinion that you could rely on." Yitzchok Sumka is an opinion that you can't rely on. Yitzchak Sumka's Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Yosef. So why is that? Avin Yesh no bechazalavos is incredible. Why can you rely on the opinion of Avin? Because also listen to this. Avin Avin chazared his learning. He chazer his learning. So when someone goes in and chazers their learning, then ultimately that's an opinion you could rely on. Yitzchak Sumka Eila Bechazara. Yitzchak Yitzchak Eila Bechazara. He doesn't go ahead and chazer his learning. Let's say absolutely incredible, look at Rashi. Abin de Samko, ma'sha'amra abin, ma'sha'amra abin, Mishum Rabbi Yuchanan, yesh Yesh yeshna bechazara. Chozer al Talmudah i say you know it's 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 a little bit strange and it's a little bit overwhelming to kind of see a gemara like this, especially for a Mi Chavra, where I think probably one of our greatest challenges, okay, it's, it's it's not difficult to get through the daf. It's not even difficult to retain things in the daf. The difficult part in the daf is Chazorah on the daf, and yet we see that Abayi is coming along, Gemara is coming along, and saying that ultimately Abin could be relied upon because he hazard because he hazard. but at the end of the day at the end of the day, that others can't be relied upon because they didn't hazard their learning. Incredible. So the Gemara says, And we'll say, furthermore, again, so remember, let, let, let's go back, let's go back to what we were discussing. So remember, we have we have a machlokes, a general machlokes, and we're going to see it's a shas machlokes, about how we establish Chazaka. Is Chazaka established after two occurrences? Is Chazaka established after three occurrences? That is an ongoing machlokus that we know. So the Gemara says. But one second, let's take a step back. The machlokus of Rabbi and Rishpon Amiel that we started this sugya with is machlokus by Milo. It's machlokus by Milo. A family has sons. Who have died as a result of brismila. They bled out from brismila. So the question is at what point in time do we establish that this family has a chazaka? that the boys die milah, as a result of bris milah, which would then exempt future sons from bris. When is that chazaka established? So we've got Rebbe saying two times establishes chazaka, therefore third son doesn't do bris milah. Gamil three times establishes chazaka, therefore fourth son doesn't do chazaka. We're now taking this, we're taking this, and we're kind of reading this back into our Mishnah, to which the Gemara says, how do you know? maybe this concept of chazaka only applies by milah, doesn't apply by marriage, to which the Gemara says, or I should say, maybe the argument regarding chazaka only applies by milah, doesn't apply by marriage, me <speaking in Hebrew> how do you not to argue by marriage? To which the Gemara says, in vatan umes umes, if a woman married, I will say this is what I was mentioning before, the concept of a katlanis, the concept of a concern, almost, I guess, what they would call today, like a, like a black widow. Someone, a woman who's been married multiple times and has husbands who died multiple times. Well, husbands didn't die, husbands died once, but multiple husbands who died. So the Gimars, listen to this. That time, l'rishon umeis lishani umeis, for married her first husband, and the husband died. lishani umeis, she marries a second husband, and the husband dies. Rabbi says she shouldn't get married a third time. Shouldn't get married a third time. So Bishem Gamil says, No, she 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 can get married a third time, she can't get married a fourth time. So if three husbands die, she can still marry up to a fourth time. Excuse me, if three husbands die, she cannot marry a fourth time, but up to that she's permitted to marry. So what, so what do you see? The same machlokis that we saw by Milo applies by marriage as well. So, so, I understand the discussion by Brismila. Because they're also saying by Brismila, again, we know today that when you have a situation of boys who are dying, what is that representative of? That's representative of a, a condition of hemophilia. So, I understand that you could establish a chazak, you look at a family, and you have Two, according to Rebbe, two sons who died, three sons who died, we could establish a chazaka. However, says the Gemara El Nisu in my time, but if a woman is married, right, she marries husband number one, he dies. She married husband number two, she dies. According to Rebbe, now she can't marry husband number three. Right, according to Rebbe, husband one dies, two dies, three dies, she can't marry four. What's the Pshat? Like, what, what is it that we're concerned about? I will say we're concerned that maybe there's something about this woman. Maybe it's the act of relations with her. Maybe it's something else that's causing these men to die. There's a concern that if their deaths are not attributable to something else, what we what we look at at least is that we can't say definitively, but is the possibility. That maybe it's the act of relations with her, maybe there's something else in their intimate lives that ultimately, again, is causing the premature death. But Ravashi Rav Rav says, no, mazel goring. Ravashi says, maybe it's not an issue of intimacy with her, maybe it's her muzzle. Maybe it's her muzzle that ultimately again is causing her husbands to die. So Mabina will say what's the Nafkamina between whether or not it's intimacy with her or her mazel. So we'll say the nafkamina would be where the husbands are dying during Eirsin. So if it's during irisin, there's no intimacy. But there is mazl. There is mazel. Inami, So What's the other possibility? It's if he fell off a palm tree and died. So if he fell off a palm tree, right, if you have three husbands who fell off palm trees and died, I mean, that looks a little suspicious in and of itself, right? But but lamaisa. But la-maisa it's certainly not a din in intimacy, right? But could be a din in her mazl. So we'll say, I will I will point out, I will point out, that this idea of this or this concept of a catalanist which is, the, the, you know, the black widow, the woman who is married, marries multiple times and each of the husbands pass away, is a, is a separate sugya. We'll see in the Meseches k'suvis how this is dealt with. Because first of all, it does happen. It does happen that a woman is married multiple times and has multiple husbands who pass away. And again, how do we deal halachically with such a situation like that? We'll deal with that independently. Let's get back to our sugya. So the Gemara says, Amr alay Rav Yosef, my name, Rav Yosef, Halacha Karebi, Va'amarli, in a loch grib shemeng amil. Va'amarli, I'm sorry, va'amarli, in. So the commander, listen to this as well. So Rav Yosef parade Rav said to Ravah. But I mean, he asked from him, Rav Yosef, halacha karebi, va'amarli in. He asked, is the halacha like Rebbe? And he responded, yes. Halacha b'shemeng amil, then he asked, halacha b'shemeng amil, va'amarli in. So let's hear what's happening over here. So, so you have over here that, that, that they asked from Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef. Rabbi Yosef does the halacha follow Rebbe? That Chazaka is established after two times. And Rabbi Yosef said, yes. And then they asked him, Does the halacha follow Rabbi Shimon, that, that, that Chazaka is established after three times? And he said, yes. So what's going on over here? So the Gemara says, So I will say, so the, so the, so ultimately again, so Rava, Ravas thought that Rav Yosef was making fun of him, right, he's saying yes each time He must be mocking me, So we'll say at the end of the day the truth is, the halacha really follows both, this is a fundamental machlokis and shas, is chazoka established after three times, is chazoka established after two times, this is a fundamental machlokes. And I will say, here's what's fascinating. What's fascinating is the halacha follows both of them. And sometimes, chazak is established after two times, and sometimes chazak is established after three times. So I will say, watch this. This is a great sugya. Now we're going to go through a list of where sometimes chazak is established after two occurrences, and sometimes it's established after three. Here we go. Nisuin umalkios karebi. So in case of marriage and Malkus, we'll discuss what this means. We pass in like Rabbi, namely that chazak is established after two occurrences, vestos, so menstrual cycles, Shor hamuat, an ax, or an ox that is worn for goring, right? Kerb Shengul, t'afal Shung Leo, namely that that we establish we establish chazoka after three occurrences. Let's go through these lists. Says the Yemar, Nisun amran So most like Nisun is what we said in the Mishnah. So remember again, in the Mishnah, what we're saying is, that Allah, if a woman was married to a man and was childless for 10 years, so Allah said they divorce, right? And she's permitted to marry someone else. And when she marries another man, she has another 10 year clock that starts. Another 10 year clock. But Allah if she goes ahead and at the end of the second marriage, now 10 years into second marriage, she still doesn't have children. So then she has a chazakah, that she is barren, that she is infertile. And therefore, again, when it comes to her third marriage, we would not let her marry someone who needs to have children. She can marry someone, but she should marry someone who already has a family, already fulfilled the mitzvah of the Malkius, we'll say What's the case of Malchus? So watch this. Thisnan mishalakaveshana based in kosen kosen also the keeper umahachilin also soarimach that they the castle. So this is an interesting case. This is a case of a guy who has violated achiy of karis. I will say, if you think about Nadera that has a of karis, right? So let's say you have an individual who got eating on your is karis. Let's say there's a guy who ate on Yom Kippur twice. Now we warn him. We warn him also. Now the halacha is, if you violate a Kari's infraction, you get Malchus. You get Malchus, you get lashes. What happens if you have a guy who repeatedly violates Kari's infractions? We warn him, there's Edim, there's hasra, but he's still not listening. So what do we do? Mishalaka Ashana. If he did, if he ate on Yom Kippur, and then he did it again, then he did it again, Based in said there's no misavide Shema and there's no Adam. There's no right court imposed death penalty in this case. But what do we do for this person? We go ahead and we put him in a cell. We feed him barley, and what happens? His stomach swells. And as a result of that, ultimately he dies. So kind of, we kill him, we kill him in a more passive way. Okay, and that's established after twice. Next, Vestos to Rabbanon. We'll say, Right, so a veses means a cycle, in this case a menstrual cycle. Vestos are established after three occurrences. This because we learned ena Isha, kovas Vesas, Tap of Samechei, kovas Lo Vesas, Ad Shetika Bena, Shalosh Padim. They will say, it's incredible, how is a veses? Right, how is a veses? How is a menstrual cycle established after three occurrences? So after one becomes a nida in the same type of cycle three times, she has what's called a veses kavua. Again, we're not going to get into Hilchos neither now in terms of what that means. In terms of what that means, but Allah said now she, she is considered to have a regular cycle. Similarly again we'll say, how do you undo a vesis kavua? Right? How do you undo a regular cycle? She becomes a Anida, not on that appointed time, three times. So here's an example. So just pointing out, it's fascinating. See, in Halacha, it's one of these fascinating things. How many times does it take to create a Chazaka? And the answer is sometimes two, sometimes three. Let's go finish the list. Vishara Muad and Shorah Muad. Remember again, Shorah Muad is an animal that has now become a habitual gorer. I don't know if gore is the right word, but it, it, gored, it is gores habitually. So the Yomar says, this ashar muad Idu shalosh A becomes a muad after it has gored three times. So we'll say, so this is the end of the and It's really incredible. How many times does it take to establish chazakah? The answer is, Rabbi's right. Rabbi's right. Sometimes it's two times. Sometimes it's three times. Again, the list of two times seems to be right now for an suin marriage purposes. And four and four Malkus for Kari's purposes, right? And three times Vesas for Hilchos Nida and Shor Hamur. Obviously, there are many other occurrences of Chazoka as well, but this is the fundamental. And interestingly enough, they're both correct. Beautiful, says the Gimar Torah Baranis, so I say, here we go. Here we go. A woman is married to a man, Rachel is married to Ruvaine. And they're married for 10 years they don't have children okay so then they divorce then they divorce so what happens and now what happens Rachel marries Shimon not a brother right Rachel marries Shimon and now they're married for 10 years no children so now they get divorced she gets divorced from Shimon Rachel could get remarried but who should Rachel get remarried to someone who already has a family that's what should happen. She should get married to someone who already has a family. Since, again, we just established, we passed in like Rebbe, that in this situation, Chazok is established after two times. And therefore, halacha lemaisa, halacha lemaisa. she should marry someone who already has a family. Good. So the Gemara says, What happens if Rachel didn't listen? And now Rachel marries Levi, and Levi is a young guy who hasn't yet fulfilled the Mitzvah prayer of Arivia, So he needs to have kids. What's the halacha? Taitse below k'suva. In that case, Levi should divorce Rachel. And ultimately, again, Rachel gets divorced without a ksuva. Then I will say, now this is very interesting. Why doesn't Rachel get a ksuva? So I will say, just quickly, just quickly, if you take a look at Tosis, below k'suva, you see it's a little bit of a long, well, it's not such a long Tosis. So I will say, if you look in that Tosis, two, four, six, seven lines in, in the wide lines of Tosis, Three lines in the middle of the line. So, first of all, Lady, now the third husband, is obligated to divorce her immediately, and she doesn't get a ksuva. But why doesn't she get a ksuva? Tosas says it's not because of a knazz, it's not because of a penalty. So why is it? They will say go two more lines down to the tosas. So in the wide lines of Tosis, it's two, four, six lines in. de Dibishalo Hikir Ba'iri. So we'll say this is incredible. So Tosas says, What's the case? The case over here is she married Ruvain for 10 years. They don't have kids, okay, so they get divorced. They get divorced, she married Shimon, Ten years, they don't have kids. She gets divorced. Now, remember, the halacha is now she has a chazaka, because we passed Rabbi in this case, she has a chazaka, that unfortunately she can't have children. Could she remarry? Yes, she could absolutely remarry, but she should marry someone who's already fulfilled the mitzvah of Piriah varivia. Fine, so now she marries Levi. She marries Levi. So what does the Gemara say? Oh, she marries, and Levi has to have kids. Levi's a young guy. He hasn't fulfilled the mitzvah of Levi should divorce her. No k'suva. Why no k'suva? Ah, it's a case. It's a case. Where she didn't disclose, she didn't disclose. Lady married her, and he was unaware of the fact that she had been married previously. to marriage. I mean, the fact that Lady didn't realize that she's got twenty years of marital history. Somebody's clearly not checking out the references on behalf of Lady. That's for sure. But Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, he didn't know. He didn't know. So says when the Gemara says why This is what's called in halacha. And I must say there's so much to say about this about when a person marries someone and then only after the marriage do they discover information that had they known that information on the front end, they would not have married this person. So, what does that do to the marriage? So, Rebbe will say again, we can't get into it now. But on the most basic level, Tosas is saying is that when Levi discovers that Rachel has been married twice before and twenty years of marital history, and Halacha LeMaisa again, she didn't, she was unable to conceive. That's a Mechachtos. That's a Mekah and therefore is not a knas, it's not a penalty, but rather it's a reflective of this newfound information. Had I known this before, I would not have married this woman. Therefore the marriage is effectively dissolved. Good. So I'll say, now watch this. Now let's say Rachel marries a third, a third husband. Rachel marries a third husband, right? Now remember, she's not supposed to marry a guy, who, who doesn't have children? Well, let's say she did, and now she married Levi, and they're married for ten years. So suppose "So now, so now, it's clear that halacha lemaisa, right? It's clear that halacha lemaisa, she's incapable of having children. So now maud hanach to say now watch this, watch this. Now remember, when Reuven divorces her and Shimon divorces her, they have to pay a ksubah. They have a So why do they have to pay a because the truth is, it's not clear whose issue the fertility is, right? It could be the husband, it could be the wife. Now after Rachel's been married a third time, so now again, she, now three marriages, unable to conceive, it's pretty clear that we've established, according to everyone, Rebbein of Shegomil, that the issue is her. So can the first two husbands now go back and sue to reclaim their ksuba? Because right, they paid her a ksuva. Why did they pay her a ksuva? Because at the time of the divorce, it wasn't clear. Is it you? Is it me? Now it's clear that it's her. Can they go back and reclaim ksuva? What a shiloh. What a shiloh. Me, Matsu, Amrile, can husbands one and two, can and Shimon go back and say to Rachel, It's clear now that it's you. It's clear now that it's you. It's not me. It's you. Oh, Dilma the Or could she say no? First of all, it's not clear. It's not clear. What was was it could very well be that it was you, Ruven in first marriage, you, Ruvayn, in second marriage, and now it's me in number three. It's possible, or it's just possible that it's leaving. In other words, she can say, you have no definitive claim that Allah Chala say it was me, to which the Gemara says, so will say, who's right? The will say, the Gemara says, it's clear that Rachel is right, Rachel is right, and that she has the ability to say to ruven and Shimon, no, it's just as feasible that it was you, Ruven, you, Shimon, and now maybe in this third marriage, it's me, literally, it means, now I have become weakened. In other words, it's possible that I didn't have fertility issues before and now I have fertility issues in in this marriage. Good. So therefore, I will say, they cannot go back and reclaim Ksuba. Incredible. So let's go back there, see, Niseis Labanim. So I will say, now watch, is now an interesting case. Let's say, let's say Rachel, Rachel, right? Marries Ruve, no kids. Marries Shemin, no kids. Marries Levi, no kids. They're saying. Now remember, the halacha is the halacha is: Reuven had to pay k'suba, Shimon had to pay k'suba. Levi, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go assuming to Tosefos, Levi didn't know that she was married previously with no children, so that was the halacha. He'd say below divorces her, no k'suba. Now we will say, now watch this. Now Rachel marries Reuven, Shimon, right? Yehuda, she marries Yehuda, and Baruch Hashem. They have children. They have children. Baruch Hashem, Mazel Tov. So listen to this. Mao, oh, the l'shlishi. So now, what does she want to do? This is, this is great. She wants to go back to to Levi, and she's Levi. You owe me a k'suva. You owe me a k'suva. Right? You divorced without a k'suva because again, we established you, you you thought that it was me. The fertility issue was mine. Now it's clear. Baruch Hashem, I'm I'm fertile. I had children with Yehuda. You owe me a k'suva. So can she go back to Levi and say, "Pay me my ksuva. So I said, "I watch this." law, we say to her, "Listen." Shtiku yafamidiburech. I will say, we say to her, we say to her, your silence is better than your speech. Now, never say that to anyone, right? But Lamei said the halacha says it. The halacha says it to her, right? Your silence is better than your speech. Why? Dematsi amrlo, ana adaited da hachi Oh wow because what are we concerned about? If she goes back to Levi and she goes back to Levi, I want Mike Suval, like Levi says, you know what, you're absolutely right. By the way, the get that I gave you is void as well, because the truth is I only divorced you because I thought you were barren. Now that I see that you're not barren, I would have never given you a get. Vavay. And if that happens, then what occurs? And I will say, what could potentially be? Then it turns out that her marriage to Yehuda ultimately was illegal. The children are mamzerim, and we've got a whole host of problems. So, therefore, the halacha says to Rachel, you know what? Let it be. Let it be. Better, better. sometimes, first, a good musra life. Sometimes, let it be. Just let it lie. You know, what, what was, was and let's, and let's move on. Even, so what's interesting is, the Yemar seems to see, Rachel would have a good taina, right? Rachel does have a good claim, to be able to collect her k'suva. She sounds like, she does have a solid claim, but Lamaissa, that claim to collect her k'suva, could also potentially awaken, Levi's claim, to potentially void the get. And that of course, we don't want. Maskev, Papa, so says, okay, that's fine, but ee I, Anon Mishaskinah, Shabbosah, for one second, the says, okay, so now we're telling Rachel, don't try to claim your Ksuva from Levi, that's fine. But Lamaisa, from our vantage point, don't we have a problem now? Because at the end of the day, doesn't this mean that Levi divorced the woman because he thought she was barren? It turns out that she's not barren. Doesn't that cast a pale upon the get? And don't we really now have a problem of Rachel being married to Yehuda and potential mamzeirim? So, Allah Mishas Kim Get Batal Banem mamzeirim. El Aminon, rather, say, what do we say? El aminan Hashdohu Rather, I will say, no. So, the, the, here's what's interesting: is the way we look, the way that the way that halacha looks at fertility issues through the lens of halacha, is that we don't allow current circumstance to kind of shed light on past occurrences. So I will say in the same way that when she gets divorced from Ruvain, Shimon, and now Levi, and now Levi, and now Levi, right? So we don't go ahead and say that anyone could recapture Ksuva from her, right? Because you say, she could say that, look, maybe I was fertile all of that time, became infertile now. It's the same thing now. Halacha Lama if she didn't have children with previous husbands, we, we write that off as infertility. The fact that now she had children with Yehuda, we assume, this is a new occurrence. This is Baruch Hashem. Mazel tov. I've been healed. I've been healed. Thank God she experienced the Yeshua, the Fuah. Incredible. But we assume that's what happened now and we don't allow present circumstances to reflect back on previous marriages. Because if we do, the Gemara says, we see already, we could run into a whole host of issues. Beautiful, let's go right there. So we'll say, now watch this case, look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, So we'll say, now let's see the following situation. Ruvayne and Rachel are married. They don't have children. They don't have children. Ruvain says, I know it's her problem. It's her issue. And she says, I know it's his issue. It's his issue. So ultimately, again, the Gemara says, I'm going to be, so, we'll say, so by the way, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, last Rashi al Ksubasa. Now the idea over here is that Ruben, Ruben is married to Rachel. They don't have children. Ruben says, I know it's her. I know it's her. And therefore we're going to get divorced and I'm not paying your ksuba. I'm not paying ksuba. She says, I know it's him. Then I will say, here's what's interesting. She's able to say, I know it's him. Why she, her claim was like this that when he ejaculates, it doesn't, it's not yore kechitz. It doesn't come, out literally shoots like an arrow, it doesn't come out with force. The Gemara understands that any time that there's an ejaculation without force, that the zera, the semen doesn't, doesn't shoot out, so to speak, it doesn't come out with a strong force, yore like an arrow, it won't impregnate. So she says, it's not my problem, it's your problem. Your zera's not your kechitz. So we'll say, so what's the halacha? So this A'm is it actually fascinating. When it comes to matters of intimacy, the woman is believed over the man. She is believed over the man. Halacha l'may, she's believed over him. The time of my, what's the reason? He kayim lo Hulo kaim le be Because it's fascinating. It's interesting. Because the Gemara says, we assume that halacha l'may, she knows if the Zara is yore kechitz, and she's more cognizant of that than he is. Than he is. I guess since the Zara is coming into our body, she's she's more cognizant of that than he is. Incredible. So the gemara says, Amar ihi, Amar ihu Azel insum So, So listen to this case. Ruben married to Ruben's married to Rachel, They don't have children. So now he wants to divorce her, but the only case, he doesn't want to pay the k'suva. So I'm we'll say, so first of all, we've established number one, a woman is believed in matters of intimacy. And therefore, she says, the problem is that your Zara is not your Rekecheid, it doesn't shoot like an arrow, then we believe her. Here's the second case. he, want, Reuben and Rachel, married 10 years, he wants to get divorced. He doesn't want to pay the k'suva. He doesn't want to pay the k'suva. So therefore again, what happens? So he says, look, the problem's not me, the problem's you. He has. To, I'll prove it to you, prove it to you. I'm gonna marry another woman right now, right now, and you're gonna see she's gonna become pregnant. And that'll show that we'll we'll be able to see definitively. So Rabbi Ami says, if a husband's gonna do that, he certainly should divorce his wife and he's certainly obligated to pay the k'suba. Why? Because ultimately, again, Rabbi Ami says, Rabbi Ami says, anytime a man marries another woman without the consent of his wife, a wife has a right to get a get, to receive a get, and ultimately automatically get her ksuva paid out. So Rabbi they will say, very interesting, she did Rabbi Ami. As much as polygamy may be permitted, Rabbi Ami says, you are not permitted to marry another wife, without the consent of your already existing wife. So you want to show that you're fertile, you want to go marry another wife and your wife doesn't consent to it, you're certainly obligated to pay her k'suvah. Rav Ravah says, no, no Say adam shemal ishtavu So Ravah says, you can marry as many women as you want, even without the consent of your existing wives, as long as you have enough material support to provide for all of those households. we'll say, Amadeis, Amadeis. Who Amar, Who Amar, so, says, so therefore again, so case number one is he's claiming it's her, he's claiming it's, sorry, he's claiming it's her, she's claiming it's him, she's believed. She's believed when she has a kind of that your Zara's not your hates. That's number, case number one. Case number two, he says, I want to divorce you. I'm not paying your kisuvah because it's you who's infertile. It's a mekkah tos. And he says, I'll prove it. I'll get married. <laughs> no, 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 You want to marry someone else without your wife's consent. Halach, <laughs> You can do that, but you're strongly obligated to pay your kisuvah. Next case. 65B. Who amar bego vihi amar lo iflis. So I said, listen to this. Listen, listen to this. So he claims over the course of 10 years, you miscarried. He claims his wife miscarried. She claims I never miscarried. Now what's happening? Take a look at the top Rashi Samechayim and Be'ez. and amrit uh, aser, ban hu, omer aser, Buzi, here's an incredible case. In this case, based in his coming along and saying to the husband, listen, you've been married 10 years, there's no kids, you have a Mitzvah period of arrivia, Mitzvah procreation, you have to divorce this woman. And he's, he doesn't want to divorce her. He I don't know, either because he doesn't want to pay the ksuvah or because he loves her, whatever the, whatever the case is. He says, I don't have to divorce her. She miscarried. She miscarried. And therefore, again, Mary will say, what did we learn? The 10-year clock is reset at the time of miscarriage. See, he says, I'm not obligated to, to, to divorce her yet. And she says, she says, I never miscarried. So we'll say, who's believed? Who's believed? So we'll say according to according to her, the 10 year window has already has already elapsed. According to him, it hasn't. We'll say she is believed. She is believed. Why is she believed? We'll say a woman does not want to have a chazaka as an akara. A woman does not want to be established as someone who is barren. So if she really did miscarry, she would say she miscarried. The fact the fact that she's admitting sort of quote unquote, admitting that she never miscarried and therefore again kind of putting herself into the into the category of an akara, of someone who is infertile, she is believed because that is to her detriment, not to her benefit. Hepilah, v'chazra ve'epilah, v'chazra ve'epilah, but listen to this, what happens if a woman became pregnant, miscarried, became woman, right, three times, pregnant, miscarriage, pregnant, miscarriage, pregnant, miscarriage, <speaking in Hebrew> ultimately again, <speaking in> halacha <Hebrew> She has a chazaka now that she miscarries. will say "Now, what's the what's the ramification of so that? Take a look at Rashi. Falim. Rashi says, shema So, in that case, he has to go ahead and divorce her, give her her k'suva, because he's not going to be he's not going to have children ultimately through this woman. Who amar? Who What happens if he says you only miscarried twice? She says, I miscarried three times. Now, we'll say, so remember, according to the husband now, you've only miscarried twice, which means you don't have a chazaka of being a woman who miscarries. And therefore, we could still be married to each other and still try to build a family together. She, on the other hand, says, no, I've miscarried three times. Therefore, I have a chazaka of woman who miscarries. And therefore, we no, can no longer be married. So who's belief? this once happened in the base Medrash. and we've established she is believed. Why is she believed? Din for a simple reason saying it's not in her best interest to establish herself as a woman who miscarries. The fact that she did this, so the fact that she says this gives her gives her credibility. So we'll say, yeah, and that is halach you begin to see a theme in all of this, right? So she's believed the terms of the number of times that she's miscarried, right? She's believed to say whether or not she miscarried or didn't miscarry. She's believed to say that the fertility issue is him, that his zara is not yorek y'cheid. So you begin to see that in dvarim lebeinah, no, lebeinah. No. So first of all, in matters of her own body. Right, it's actually very, so you know, it's, it's actually interesting because now, right, the hot topic is, right, the a woman's right with the supreme court decision that was leaked right what what is a person's autonomy over their body so you begin to see that from a halachic perspective Anything to do with the woman's body, she's believed. In other words, what, I miscarried. I didn't miscarry. I'm, 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 I'm believed. Your Zeraz Yorah Kikhet's, not Yorah Kikhet's, I am believed. So, she is believed in any of those things. She has greater credibility than the husband to say what is happening within her body. Incredible. Let's Say Mishnah. Mishnah, this is the end of the period of so, so exciting. Haish Mitzvah period A man is commanded regarding period of Rivya meaning the Mitzvah pur is on a man. Ava'alo'a, v'av'alo'a la'isha. A woman does not have the Mitzvah Pur-Rav-Rav-Rav-Yah. says, Ashnei Hem, Ashnei Hu Omer, by HaSelam L'Kim, by omer lahem hem pur says, No, the Mitzvah pur is on both a man and a woman. Because what does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says, Hashem blessed them and He said to them, He said to them, to Adam and Peru oravu, or so the Mitzvah Perivarivia ultimately is on both the man and the woman. So it says the Gimamana Hanimili, Satsana Swasa, Fundamental Maklokas. Fundamental Maklokas. Who has the Mitzvah Perivarivia? Tanakama? Just the man. Rabbi Oka and Ben Baroka? Man and woman. Says the Gimamana Hanimili, how do you know that the Mitzvah Perivarivia is only on a man? Am Rabbi Lai, Mishram Reloz, Shimin, Amr Kra, Shuha. The Pasik says, Fill the earth, and subdue it, or conquer it. Conquer it, so the Gemara says, It is the derech of a man to conquer things, not the derech of a woman to conquer things. will say they're talking about like physical conquest over here, like war battle right so therefore again it's more of the derech of a man to go ahead and engage in battle in conquest not the derech of a woman therefore because the mitzvah previous is linked to conquest therefore Allah <laughs> <laughs> the Rivia is on a man not on a woman okay so the rabbal just the opposite <laughs> the say said kifshua is plural sounds like it's talking to more than one person. Tati <laughs> sounds like it's talking to two people more or more than one person. And therefore half <laughs> maybe the Mr Rivia should be both on men and women. So say, as much as we read it, when you look at the letters, the way it's the way it would be vocalized would be V'kavsha, which is singular. Rav Yosei says, it comes from here. I am Hashem, your God, be fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply. Now that's singular. Now that's singular. It doesn't say plural. It's learned that either from the linkage of Piri of Varivya to Kivshua, only those who conquer, so to speak, only those who engage in physical conquest, which is generally men, have the superior. Of of or a second possibility is when Hashem says that the Avinu. It said, paray u'revei," singular, talking to Yaakov, indicating to us that the mitzvah of Perei is on a man. So I will say, once we quoted, once we quoted Rabbi Eloi, in the name of Rabbi lazar Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon, we quote other rulings, other teachings of his. Rabbi says, "Incredible." Rabbi show Rabbi Lazer, Rabbi Shimon. al adam davar The same way that it is a mitzvah to say something that will be heard. Kach mitzvah al adam shelo lomar davar she'ino nishma. It's also a mitzvah to abstain from saying something that will not be listened to. Now, what's the context here? Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Rabbi said, "There's a mitzvah of tochacha. There's a mitzvah to give rebuke. And right? if you see someone doing something wrong, there is a mitzvah to go ahead and tell the person, stop it, what you're doing is wrong. So Rabbi Lozweb and Rabbi, Rabbi, Yaakov, or Rabbi, Rabbi Lazar Yaakov says the same way, that there is a mitzvah to go ahead. And give Hochacha, and to give rebuke. And I'm also probably rebuke doesn't mean rebuke sounds like such a strong word, like you're yelling at someone, angry at someone. There's a mitzvah if you see someone doing something wrong. There's a mitzvah to say no, no. I love you. I care about you. We don't do that. That's that's not how we behave. That's not how we act. There's simply that there's a mitzvah to give rebuke when it's going to be listened to. There's also a mitzvah to abstain from saying something when it's not going to be listened to. And I will say this is such an incredible yisod and a mistake that so often we make in life. Sometimes we think that because we feel something, if I feel it, I should say it. It's the right thing to say, so I should say it. No. Words, are given to us so that we could have an impact. That's gave us the Kolach of Dibor. I have the power of speech so that I can impact the world with my words. I can impact my children with my words, my marriage with my words, my community with my words, my world with my words. And when you have the opportunity to impact your world with your words, use them. But if you can't impact your world with your words, If your words are gonna fall on deaf ears, if your words are gonna be unimpactful or worse, if your words are going to have a negative result or negative repercussion, then don't use them. Then utilizing them would be a misuse of those very words. We'll say such an incredible yisod. Sometimes we don't realize why we have the Koach I was given this gift so I can make a difference in this world, great. If your words make a difference, use them. But if your words don't make a difference, don't use them. That's bizbuz hamilim. That's a waste of words. So, similarly, there's a mitzvah to say something that's going to be heard. There's a mitzvah to not say something, to abstain. If it's not going to be listened to, incredible. Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba says, by the way, not only is it a good idea not to say words that are not going to be heard, but it's a mitzvah. To withhold your words if they're not going to have a desired impact. Shenehemar al tochach leitz pene sanacha hokeach lachacham v'yavacha so most a beautiful, beautiful pasuk from Mishlei. The pasuk says, "Do not rebuke a scuffer, a let's. right. Do not rebuke a scuffer because he'll come to hate you. But rather rebuke a chacham and he will love you. What a pasuk. Rabbi Yilain Shemalazer Rabbi Shimon also say another teaching from Rabbi Yilain and Rabbi Shemalazer Rabbi Shimon lo la adon l'shanas shalom. Wow." Perhaps one of the most important yesodos in life. we both say you are permitted to go ahead and change the truth for the sake, we don't call it lying, because call it changing the truth, right? For the sake of preserving shalom. For the sake of preserving shalom. Where do we see this? We'll say, where do we see this? It's interesting. It's not the first occurrence of it, but it's one of the occurrences that what happened after Yosef dies, the Shvatim, the brother say to Yaakov, you know, your father commanded, your father told us before, right? Yaakov told us before he died that we should tell you that when he dies, we should tell you that, you know, don't take revenge on us for what we did to you. And I will say, Yaakov never said that. Whether or not even Yaakov ever knew about what happened to Yosef or how Yosef got down to Mitzrayim is a homachol kislam But One thing is clear. Yaakov never gave instructions to his sons about what to say to Yosef upon his death. Yaakov could have said it himself. But yet the brothers went ahead, the brothers were scared for what Yosef was potentially going to do with them now that Yaakov was dead. So therefore again, they made up a story. So you see from here that you're permitted to go ahead and change the truth for the sake of preserving Shalom. Rabbi Nassim Nassim says not only can you, it's a mitzvah. We'll say incredible. It is a mitzvah to change the truth. It is a mitzvah to sometimes, we'll call it change the truth a little bit, alter the facts a little bit. If you're able to preserve a greater shalom, Shina Amar, Dayomashmuel, eich ilich Bishamah Shal Bargani. You must remember again when when Khoshbrahu commands Shmuel Hanavi to go and coronate one of the sons of Yishai. So Shmuel says, Kashbrah, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna go coronate one of the sons of Yishai. So Shal's gonna hear about this and he's gonna kill me. He's gonna kill me. So, how could I go ahead and do this? So, Cheshbarach says, okay, just take an animal with you, and if anyone asks, tell them you're going to offer up a carbun. Sirach Cheshbarachu is telling Shmuel to alter the facts a little bit. In this case, it's in order to save Shmuel's life. But the Gemara says, even if it's not such a dramatic example of saving one's life, to preserve Shalom. Debei Rabbi Shmuel Gadla Shalom, Shalom is great. And everyone says Shalom is so incredibly important that what? Even Akkadosh Baruch Hu changes the truth for Shalom. The Gemara says, where say that the Bible, Shalom changes the truth for Shalom? The Gemara says, Karek Siv, Ksiv, because when the Kaddish Baruch Hu tells Sarah Imeinu, right, or I should say, when the Malachim tell Avram Avinu about the fact that he's going to have a child, Sarah Imenu overhears this and she laughs and she says, ah, I can't have a child, my husband is so old. My husband is so old. In other words, she put on Avram Avinu. When a Kaddish Baruch Hu confronts Avram and says, why did Sarah laugh? Why did Sarah laugh? So Hezbollah who says, Sarah laughed and she said, di, I am old. So said, do you see what happened over here? Changed the facts in order to preserve someone's, someone's. Avram binu's Shalom Because Hashem told Avram, you know, when Sarah heard about the kid, she laughed and she said, you're old, you're old. How did I make made Avram Avinu feel? So instead, what does he do? Hashbaruch, who says, ah, Sarah laughed, and she said, I'm old. They both say, incredible. So from here, you see that halacha l'maysa, you are permitted to go ahead and change the facts in certain circumstances. They both say, how you use this, when you use this, has to be done very carefully with much consideration because it is easy to become a habitual liar and cloak it under, I'm a Shalom guy, I'm a Shalom guy. But I will say, but you do see from here the ability to sometimes change or shade or shift facts in order to go in and preserve Shalom. And I will say, we see from here, God has Shalom, how important Shalom is, how important Shalom is in our marriages, in our homes, in our schools, in our community, in our people, that even MS, MS is a big thing, MS is a really big thing. But even MS is kind of allowed to be altered a little bit for the sake of the preservation of good. So let's just do it online and then we'll stop for today. Says the Gemara. So Rabbi Yochanan Barokah. Rabbi Yochanan says. So remember, Rabbi Yochanan Barokah said in the Mishnah that halacha lemaisa, halacha the Mr. perev rivia is on is on a woman as well. Itmar so Rabbi Yochanan Barokah and Levi Chadamar halacha Rabbi Yochanan Barokah. The Chadamar elah halacha Rabbi Yochanan So both say. one opinion said that halacha faz Rabbi Yochanan that perev rivia applies to women, and the other opinion says it doesn't apply to women. So says the Gemara. Tistayim the Yochanan who da'amar in halacha. Ultimately, again, it would appear that it was Rabbi Yochanan who said that the halakha does not follow Rabbi Yochanan ben Barokha. Rabbi because we'll listen to this one time, Rabbi Yochanan was saying, that the halakha follows Rabbi Yochanan ben Baruka, that the mitzvah is upon women as well, v'adrinu Rabbi Ami Rabbi Asi And Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi turned away. So we'll say they turned away, they turned away, Almost to say we we don't believe that. We don't believe that ruling. Vika others say Rabbi Aba who said that So it makes sense if they say that it was Rabbi Ava who said. Rabbi Ava was very close, very close to the Caesar, and therefore Halakhalamai saw they did not want to offend him. But if it was Rabbi Chiyabar Abba who said it, they could have just said, no, Rabbi Yochanan did not say this. So we'll say, we'll stop over here. We'll stop over here. We're going to leave this last part of the sujah, the end of the Hashem to do together tomorrow. But I'll say, just don't say where I'm leaving you off. I'm leaving you off here in a machlokas the Machlokis of our Mishnah, to whom does the Mitzvah Peer of Rivi apply? Does it apply to just men? That's the opinion of the Tanakhama. Or does it apply to women as well? That's Rabbi and Baroka. Resolution of this important Machlokis. Hashem, tomorrow I will say Shkoyach. Another great another great day. Looking forward to seeing everyone in person tomorrow. Have a great day. Shkoyach, everyone.